This is the CSIS uh, series on careers and development. Uh, my name is Bill Garvelink, and with me today is Paula Feeney, Director of Marketing at Cardno Emerging Markets USA. Welcome. Thank you, Bill. Delighted to be here. I'm glad. Uh, could you talk a little bit about the, the various avenues a uh, young professional um, who's interested in a career in development might, might think about or, or the, the kinds of options that are available to them? Right. Bill, this is an excellent question and, and very timely because we see that American universities and graduate schools, one of the most popular uh, themes and majors are global health and other aspects associated with international engagement. Americans are really want, young Americans very much want to be involved in, in international development. Uh, and the portals or the doors uh, to getting involved are much more plentiful than we might uh, think. We would often think of the foreign service as one way, uh, but that is one way. Uh, we, we see both uh, avenues in government service, of course. Uh, that could be uh, through in, in our own government, uh, through the U.S. Agency for International Development or the Millennium Challenge Corporation, for example. Uh, the State Department generally is not, uh, uh, what should we say, front and center in international development per se. There is that agency, a standalone agency that uh, works in, in that space. Uh, certainly the multilaterals, the UN, the World Bank are, are avenues. Uh, publicly funded universities often are involved in international research, international activities. But increasingly now we're seeing the private sector in the United States uh, be very vital and engaged in this subject. And I counted the other day that there are at least uh, 10 avenues uh, that, I, that I see. That would be U.S. corporations, uh, U.S. non-for-profit organizations, uh, U.S. consulting firms that, uh, that uh, uh, are engaged uh, internationally. Um, we also see uh, the diaspora groups, the uh, business associations, uh, U.S. foundations, groups like, for example, the CDC Foundation or the Bill and Melinda Gates uh, Foundation, Open Society. Uh, business associations like the Corporate Council on Africa, uh, the uh, business, World Business Council for Sustainable Development. Uh, and I forgot, of course, I should be sure to talk about the important role uh, that our U.S. NGOs, international, non-governmental, non-for-profit organizations play a critical role, probably seen best on the world stage right now in the Ebola response with groups like uh, uh, Doctors Without Borders, Save the Children, International Medical, Medical Corps. So you can actually go and do the work yourself, hands-on, or you can go and uh, play the role of supporting uh, these programs, whether or not you, you are a, um, somebody who works on the finances or the legal aspects or the procurement aspects. The skills sets in, in public finance management, an increasingly important skill set in, in that space. Um, so I, I'm talking about, it's not so much a hodgepodge, but it's a mosaic or a jigsaw puzzle that has many, many pieces. So. Uh, important not to just fixate on one of those pieces uh, because one might not uh, knock on a door that could be open to you. Um, I don't know if, if that's 
No, that's hits, great. Hits that's your target. Yeah, it does. And and I guess a follow-on question to that would be, as you look at this mosaic of, of options, um, I think each each one has a different kind of a commitment that's required uh, to them. Uh, could you comment a bit about, about a bit about that? And I think the commitment that you're talking about is. Uh, a commitment of uh, your full person. Uh, in other words, that it takes, if you are going to involve, be involved in working in international development, uh, international is the key word. And that means that frequently, well always, the work is done uh, on the ground in the countries uh, which are cooperating or are the partner uh, in the programs. So if you look at the, one could go and be a long-term resident in a country you're working for a corporation or you're working for an NGO and you're based there and you expect to be there, you learn the language, that's one avenue. Another is, for example, in the Foreign Service where you might be assigned to a country uh, and you might work there for two to four years and then migrate back to Washington or migrate to another country. Increasingly, because of the importance and the monies in international development are rightfully being assigned to those very difficult places in the world which are unsettled, whether it be natural disasters or war or other combinations of unsettled, unstable states, and many of those are risky places to work and therefore the person engaged would be uh, asked to travel and live alone in, for extended periods of time. So that is a, a real choice. It's not for everybody, but it's some people uh, really thrive in that sort of setting. And then some can work on international development to be based uh, back in Washington or wherever the headquarters is of the organization with some intermittent travel or for some, no travel at all. So there is choice in where you actually conduct your work in international development. Thank you. I mean, that's, that's interesting in terms of the options that are out there, but there are some considerations you have to make as you look at those very various options. Keep your eyes open and talk to people who are in the field. They would be your best measuring sticks uh, to tell you and to uh, share with you what it's really like uh, in, in the uh, places where the work is being done. Good advice. This is the CSIS uh, Careers and Development Series, and with me today is Paula Feeney, who is Director of Marketing uh, at Cardinal Emerging Markets USA. Thanks for being here. And thank you. Thanks.